0: Why I say no is that I, I still have a vision of a certain life mm. a certain amount of money that that takes and an ultimate um ultimately you know, looking towards retirement. I mean yeah. I'm getting that age now where where it's on the horizon. Yeah. And so um a lot of what I, what I do is, is focus on, on when that happens.
1: Welcome to Agent Success Podcast. If you're a real estate agent looking to succeed in today's crazy market, well, you're in the right place. Each week, we talk with successful real estate agents willing to share their expert insights, trade secrets, and mindset that help them to succeed. There's no fluff, just straight-to-the-point content that prioritizes one thing above all, your success. So without further ado... Let's cut to the chase. Welcome, welcome. I am here with Mr. Dan Steinhauer at AZ Real Estate. How are you doing, Dan?
0: Good. Thank you, Tim.
1: Good. Thanks for being here with us today.
0: Thank you. I appreciate it.
1: I'm excited to, excited to dig into the brain of Dan and how, <laughs> how he's having success and what he's doing. You're, you're thinking you don't want to dig into the brain of Dan, right? I was thinking
0: that shouldn't take too long.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well,. <laughs> <laughs> we'll explore all the caverns. How does that, how does that sound? So um, right out of the gate, tell us, uh, you, you're working at 8Z? 8Z Real Estate, yep.
0: Okay. How long have you been there? Been with 8Z for about a year and a half now. Okay. What What do you like about 8Z? 8Z is, is a company that absolutely cares about not only the, the client, but also the agents. Hmm. And they have a lot of different programs that um, – they use for their agents, um, they, they go above and beyond Mm. and they make you feel like that you actually belong to a part of something, you know, I've worked for, not just a number. Yeah. And I've worked Uh for, for other real estate companies and, um, you know, there, there was always that piece kind of missing where you felt like you're a part of, of something that mattered. Yeah. And with 8Z, you absolutely do. You, you do.
1: So I did a transaction with 8Z recently, and I got an email. As the loan officer, I received an email maybe like three or four days after closing saying, hey, it's a pleasure. How did everything go? It was, I was like, like, I've literally never had a, a real estate shop reach out and ask how, how things went for me. It was really weird. <laughs> but it was very, it was very refreshing, right? Very refreshing for sure to know that hey, they're they're concerned about the same thing I'm concerned about, and that is how was my experience delivery, right? How how did that experience work for the client and for all parties involved? And too often, I think we're too concerned with um, getting the transaction done and then having some sort of hierarchy tier within the transaction, right? Like I'm not going to ask the title person how they thought it went because. Title I'm not gonna ask the homeowners insurance agent how because you know, they're homeowners insurance, but to actually have a genuine concern collectively, you know, thanks for it was a good transaction, hope everything went well. I think that's very special, that's absolutely.
0: Great. And we have a transaction coordinator, I'll, I'll give her a plug here, Diet, yeah, who is uh, she is above and beyond anything that I've ever ever dealt with before, and she is just fantastic. And so, I give her credit for, for that for she making goes, you look good. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, if it weren't for, for the team, for Diet and for everything that's behind 8Z. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. My life would be a lot tougher.
1: So you've been there a, a year and a half, you a said half. year year and a half. How long have you been in real estate?
0: Well, I've been around real estate since I moved here in 1986. My father owned a real estate company here. Mm. Um, what company was up? It was all pro real estate, okay. which... Is that, has that been um, closed down since? It has. Okay. He, uh, he passed away a few years ago, but he, he moved to California back in 03, I believe it was, mm-hmm. um, for health reasons. But um, so I've been around it for a long time, and I helped him out actually a lot when when he was in business. And in, in the mid-90s, I um, went through a divorce. And decided to quit my job, which I worked for UPS at that time, hmm. and wanted to get into real estate and eventually work with my father. And that was in in ninety ninety four ninety five. Okay. So I worked for Merit Real Estate here in town hmm. for a couple of years. Did very well. And then my father talked me into going to work with him. Hmm. And... <laughs> That didn't work out I so see well. the grin on your face <laughs>
1: oftentimes that's a challenge
0: love my father dearly but um he was he that that didn't work out so well yeah so then I spent twenty years in the car business hmm. and um, he drove you out of real estate <laughs> well you know my thinking at the time was I didn't want to go back with another company yeah. because of what it would do for yeah. to our relationship and we still had a great relationship right so just didn't work out it just it didn't work out as far as as um, working together. So you get into the car business. Got in the car business um, for twenty years. Spent a good part of that as finance manager. Mm. And then, well, the first part of it was sales, but then finance yeah. manager, and then uh, sales manager for the last part of it. And then in two thousand and fifteen, I had an epiphany mm. that. Um, I needed a change and I loved real estate when I did it back in the nineties and, uh, was on my, on my way to work at the dealership one day. And, uh, this was in 2017 and, um, I said, okay, God, just give me one more, one more. Yeah. Um, one more sign. That's what I was looking for. And, uh, not 10 seconds later, my brother calls me from Poland hmm. and he says, Hey, I hear the real estate market is, is really good in Colorado Springs. <laughs> so I said, okay. So I went to work, put in my two weeks notice. Um That day? That day, that, that minute without even talking to my wife, my wife, she wasn't happy about it because change for her is not easy. Yeah. Um, but I went in, put in my two weeks notice. And started real estate school the day after I, I after my two weeks was up. I started the next day, hmm. and that was in July of 2017. And um, is your wife okay with you being a realtor now? She is. Yeah, yeah. okay, oh, that's she good. is. I didn't know if
1: you've drugged that that pain <laughs> no. out or if it's uh, if nah, it's worked out okay. Nah, yeah. nah. she's
0: she's happy about it. Uh, real estate has provided a lot of freedom that I didn't have, you know, being in the car business. And especially when you're in management, your days are very long. I was
1: going to say it's, I mean, you're, you're there early and you end up, uh, I mean, I
0: see car lots open late and sometimes 15 hour days. And, um, you know, a lot of that time was just time sitting there, not actual time working, but it was retail. So you had to be there. You had to be there for when the time. Right. Yeah. And I liked what I did. I was pretty successful at what I did. Um, but I really wanted to be in real estate. Yeah. So I, I did went to work for a, I interviewed a a couple of different real estate companies and ended up working for a big name company here in town, Remax. Mm -hmm. And, um, great people, but the, the training that I, that I received was, was pretty much non-existent. So, um, I was there for about six months and almost went back into the car business because I was going broke.
1: I bet that was a rough six months life-wise when you tell your, tell your wife, Hey, I'm quitting my job. Don't worry. It'll work (laughs) out good. Don't worry. My brother from Poland called me. It's going to be (laughs) fine. True. Um,
0: there was a lot of, a lot of, uh, my wife was suspicious that what I was doing was less than grand.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is a midlife crisis, so I guess. Well, at yeah. least you're not doing heroin and, and, and doing bad things in real estate. If that's the worst that your midlife crisis gets, then that's
0: okay, right? It is. And then um, I joined a team mm-hmm. after being in real estate for about six months. And Did that
1: help going from being a number to being on a team?
0: Absolutely. Okay. That, that was the, that was the pivoting point of, of my real estate career is going to a team.
1: And so, um, with that, a lot of new agents, when they, when they first start, um, as agents, you know, there's always questions like, what, what do I do to win? And, and, the you know, what y- mistakenly I think happens is Mm -hmm. they go out and they chase the biggest split right out of the gate. Right. That's the, where am I going to get the biggest split? Absolutely. They're only going to charge me this or this. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Um, So you're saying a team was a big deal for you. It absolutely was. Um, They provided a lot of not just support, but leads as well. Mm. And um, I was quite good at converting leads into sales. So I, Really appreciated those leads, Um, and then also just being able to to call people and Mm -hmm. and and have somebody explain something to me anytime that I needed it. That was crucial for me. And um, here's what
1: you say when this happens, or this objection, or here's how we explain this part of the contract, or whatever it is.
0: And that team, you know, we did a lot of a lot of um, role playing. Yeah, we did a lot of practice. And all of it helped me tremendously. Yeah. So um, I give a lot of credit to to that first team, and then um, I was with them for about a year. Yeah. Had some conflicts; that didn't quite work out. Mm-hmm. So we went to with another team. And um, backing up just a little bit. So,
1: but you went to another team; you didn't go
0: solo. I did not. Okay. And I like the team atmosphere; I really yeah. do. And that's another thing about eight Z that I really like is that it's a team atmosphere without actually being a team. And so I I am solo. You're solo, but, but it has the team environment. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And we still have meetings every, every Wednesday. We, we do a book club every Wednesday. That's kind of cool. Um, but I joined the second team and, um, was there for about a year and a half. Mm -hmm. And, ended up being their, their number one producer in 2021. Of course, 2021 for everybody was fantastic. Yeah,
1: well, but put, that, put make that a relative statement because you did good in 2021, but if you were the number one producer for the team in 2021, that means everybody was having a good year. You you just did it better. So whether it was a hard year or an
0: easy year, that's, that's quite the accomplishment, right? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I worked my tail off, and I just did the basics, you know, you were asking about what is, what do you do new? And for me to really get busy in, in real estate, Mm -hmm. open houses was the number one thing for me.
1: Ooh, touch on that really quickly. So, so uh, what I mean by that is like, how
0: frequently, or did you do them a certain way? I did I did at least two a month Mm -hmm. and, um, sometimes Saturday and Sunday. Mm -hmm. Um, I tended to like Saturdays a little bit better. You know, and it was, there was no real rhyme or reason for open houses. So it seemed, Yeah. you know, there's a certain price range that I, that I kind of tended to look for, but, um, I did those and I, I've done probably eight, um, double-sided transactions Mm -hmm. because of, of open houses where I, I sold their house and sold them another house. Gotcha. And then I've done quite a few transactions through open houses, um, uh, g- gaining buyers as well. So,
1: so with open houses, so let, let's, you know, we talked about new agents, right, right ahead of time. Like what actions do the new, you know, new agents, like what, what can they do? And, uh, if you were going to open houses, did, were you going to open houses or have you done open houses that weren't your listings? Oh,
0: absolutely.
1: Okay. And how, how does that go? Like, like meaning, meaning if it's not your listing, Um, is the, is the person that has the listing, are they on the team? Are they from another company? Are they just within your company? And, and how do you present yourself at the, you know, at the open house, knowing that you're not the agent? Like, can you kind of walk
0: me through the idea of that? Sure. Um, a lot of times I'd say half the time they were not, um, my listings Mm -hmm. and half of those were not from uh, my team or company. And so I would call, just call an agent and say, Hey, listen, I, I see you have this home here. And usually it was somebody that's been on the market for a couple of weeks, you know, yeah. and, um, just ask, you know, um, would you be open to me holding an open house for you? And, you know, their signs would be in the yard and my card would be different. Mm-hmm. And the way I explained it was, um, I'm just helping out here and, um, helping out this other agent they they weren't able to do it this weekend so I'm covering for them okay that's basically what I would say did you did you try to target
1: um, like when you went to go you know there's say there's a thousand houses on the market or maybe 500 or 300 at the time but um, you have all these houses to choose from to call did did you target a particular type of neighborhood particular type of house price point age of house or anything like that
0: I did yeah. And it was, it was usually a <clears throat> first time buyer type of house. Okay. Um, because you would attract a lot of those buyers gotcha. in, in that. And then, um, um, I found that signs, you put up signs, signs, mm-hmm. lots of signs. You
1: don't put one sign up
0: and wonder why <laughs> nobody showed up. No. No, you put at least, you know, 15, 20 signs up at I least. Th-
1: and I think that's a mistake I see a lot of times. I see one sign and then I don't see another. And so the way that I have heard it in the past, uh, for you to say 15 to 20 signs really confirms that is is that I should be able to see the next sign based off of where this sign's at, right? So I see this sign here and I can look three blocks down the road and I see the next sign or whatever it is, right? Sure, absolutely. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Did you ever have any agents and I'm sure you did, uh, but not want you to do an open house for them?
0: Um, I have, and usually there's a circumstance behind it. Okay. Um, it's not just because they yeah, maybe don't the, like the way you do stuff? Right. Yeah. And I would try to target ones that appeared to be uh, vacant or mm. staged. Stage is best, but... yeah, um, I, when When, if... Let me take that back. If it was not... My listing or my team's listing, that's what I would try to target. Okay. Um, yeah, and then, you know, there would be times when, when they wouldn't want you to hold the open house simply because of, yeah. of whatever. It would be,
1: be a lot easier, um, like you say, if it was vacant or staged. It would be considerably easier because then you're not dealing with family's got to be
0: out, sure. what do you do with a dog, Sure. all the other stuff that goes with that. And, and then the other agents, you know, if... if they have their clients are still in the home. Mm-hmm. Maybe they don't know you, and they uh, don't, yeah. they don't. Know. Who's this other agent from what company?
1: I don't want them <laughs> yeah, in my house. Exactly.
0: Yeah, of course they're going to do some research as soon as you say your name. But so
1: um, I'm going to jump to a couple quick questions here. Um, right now, where you're at right now, you're an independent agent. Have your goals in real estate changed compared to? I'm not talking like in the you know 90s. Compared to in 2017 to now, have your goals have have they changed at all? Have they been altered?
0: No hmm. interesting okay No, and why I say no is that I, I still have a vision of a certain life hmm. a certain amount of money that that takes, and an ultimate. Um, ultimately, you know, looking towards retirement. I mean, yeah. I am getting that age now where where it's on the horizon, yeah. and so a um, lot of what I what I do is is focus on on when that happens. So
1: hmm. interesting, yeah. No, that's I think that that's a great answer because a lot of times people when they start in real estate um, compared to where they're to where they are now when they've been doing it for a while, those goals, you know, change a lot. So it's interesting to know that you went into it with a pretty clear vision of this is what I want.
0: Well, and you have to understand too, I I did go into it kind of late. I mean, I was almost 55. Well, and and plus you saw your dad,
1: you saw your dad retire, struggle, win, everything in between. Sure. Absolutely. So maybe you, maybe you learned those lessons, (laughs) you know, (laughs) vicariously through him.
0: I, you know, Actually there's truth in that. And um and I saw the the potential of what it could be if you worked hard. And working hard means going in every day and, and doing what it takes.
1: What does it take? What do you do every day?
0: Uh well, I have a a rituals every morning. You know, mm-hmm. I get up usually at four thirty in the morning, do a workout, do uh my my breathing exercise, do I, I think
1: I'm deep into REM at that point. So I can <laughs> <laughs>
0: Do my my meditations and yeah. uh, and then I, mean, I love to read, so I do a lot of of um, of reading and listen to a lot of podcasts. And um, it's
1: kind of how you start your day each each
0: morning. It is, okay. and I think that that is probably the most important thing that I do each and every single day. Hmm. <clears throat> and sometimes it feels like I I haven't accomplished much at work during the day yeah. but because I that first hour and a half two hours that I spend I always feel like that I've I've done something yeah for myself during that day
1: I've spent entire days at work and I know I've done something and I but <laughs> and I was busy all day but it, it doesn't feel like I've I feel like there was too much more still to do having that start to your day is very important I know a lot of a lot of people that do that um I'm inconsistent in that department but I I do have that first hour needs to go a certain way and then that sets the tone for my day, right? Whether that's yoga or whether it's, um, the way I, you know, like you say, just meditation, whatever it is, that first hour is very important to set the tone. If you wake up and you're frantic and, um, I guess it makes it easier because I'm not waking children up to get to school at 7am. Um, and, me trying to get them ready. Me trying to get me ready. Everybody running around the house like a bunch of crazy people, and then being like, "Oh, I'm ready for the day." All right, well, no, You're not ready for the day. But you but yeah, you got to figure things out for an hour.
0: You're right. You know, when uh, when you rush into your day from from the the moment that you start, it's it's it feels like that nothing gets accomplished.
1: So what? Um, and this is kind of a an interesting question. Um, what's the number one mistake you think that new agents make? Cause you, you, you have an interesting situation in that you started, you know, you saw your dad, obviously for years you started in it and then you left and then you came back. So it's almost like you were a new agent twice. Right. right?
0: Absolutely. I felt like a new agent when I came back.
1: Yeah. 100%. So, so what do you see right now with a new agent that comes in? What you've learned, you know, this particularly this last say, you know, seven years or so, What what you've learned? What do you see that the agents are doing that's flawed in their business? New new
0: agents in particular. I think something that I notice is that people have expectations of this being easy, Mm. And and I hear a lot of people talk this, but obviously it's not easy. And, you know, it's, you see uh, people on Facebook that, you know, realtors that are living the good life, you know, in Costa Rica, Hawaii, or whatever. And it just seems like that their life is nothing but getting up in the morning and and cashing paychecks all day long. And that's not, that's not how it is. And um, I think that when you, when you're younger, you have an advantage in that, you get to learn everything early mm. and if you, if you just put your nose and I, I, we all know people like this, that they just put their nose to the grindstone. They don't, they don't sit back and wait for things to happen. They make it happen. Yeah, And, um, you know, I, I've seen some young, young people that are so successful at this, but they, you know, in today's world with everything that's available, I mean, I just scratched the surface. I, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a old guy that, uh, is kind of stuck in the old ways and in yeah. some ways, but, um, you know, with, with everything and AI coming out is going to be a game changer. I think for it's alter the way a lot of stuff's done for a lot of, a lot of the way things are done.
1: Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting. Um, <laughs> In mortgages and in real estate to see what that does right now, all the AI tests stuff that I do, it seems that like I ask it underwriting questions sometimes, right? I'll ask like, uh, open AI, I'll ask like underwriting questions. And sometimes it does awesome. And other times it's, it's like flat out wrong, but it like makes it sound like it's right. So I did, I did one. Uh, I wanted to write open house, not open house. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, uh new listing descriptions, and so I thought I'd go through, and I was like, "Man, this is like maybe in like January or something when ChatGPT was like really like you know getting going." And I thought, "Okay, I'm gonna have it. I'm gonna have it rewrite." So I, I, I went out of town. I didn't go out of town. I went. I searched for listings out of town, and I found some bad, poorly like average to poor written listings, right? And I ran them through ChatGPT, and they came out amazing, like like just phenomenal. But then I went through and I said, "Okay, can it?" write a description for a new property that isn't that like that just make one up. So then I just find an address and I would ask it to write a, you know, a listing description. And most of the time it did really good. But what I realized was like my house hasn't sold in 16 years, 17, 18 years, something like that. So there's no data really for it to go on. There's no you know, Zillow didn't have it on there three years ago. or you know. So I don't know how ChatGPT gets its data, but when we ran, uh, we said, hey, write a property description for this house. And it, it described the area beautifully. And it gave, it was so riddled with lies about my house. It talked about <laughs> the most beautiful kitchen you've ever seen. It talked about all kind, and I was like, Oh my gosh! I want to buy that house. That sounds amazing. Unfortunately, none of it's true. So it's kind of weird, like how certain it is. And then I'd ask it, I'd ask it, you know, underwriting questions. I say, does Fannie Mae, you know, does Fannie Mae allow gift funds on investment properties? And it would give me this very well written wrong answer. (laughs) And made it sound right though. Oh oh my gosh! I was convinced. I was like, nope. it's, It's it's obviously I don't know what I'm talking about, right? But I think I think it's got a lot of potential. Um, and I think if you, if you trained it in a specific art form of real estate, I think it could get very, very good. And you could put case law in there. You could put contracts in there. You could put, I think with all of that, I think it could do very, very good. Um, but I don't think it's ever going to replace the human element. And the human element meaning I need to ask Dan how he feels about this house. Uh, Dan knows about this neighborhood. Dan grew up in this part of town. Dan sold a house last year over here, and then, and, you know, and this is why I, like, I don't think it can replace that, right? You're, like you're right. Th-
0: that that the, the emotion, yeah,
1: it, it's it's it'd be very difficult to fully replace a real estate agent, but I think it, I think it can be a tool that can seriously help
0: the real estate agent. I believe that's true, um, and we're you know with the chat GPT, this is the first that we're seeing of it, at mm-hmm. first. But AI has been around for. In, in the In the wings for ten years or so,
1: hey, Siri, what about this? Well, the closest one is there exactly,
0: yeah. but now they're expanding it to to be able to do things that we can't even begin to imagine in twenty years. you know everything that we know now is going to be just like different than twenty years was ago for us
1: well they, they like uh when Elon Musk as an example, was talking about. So years ago was talking about what magic is, and it, it falls in line. I just read this a couple of days ago. It falls in line perfectly with. I, I believe' it's magic is like um, basically unlearned science. Like we don't understand the science on it yet, right? That, that's magic or that's a miracle or whatever whatever you know you believe on that. And so he started giving some examples, and I read through this this article that, that he had, and one of it was, you know, 300 years ago, or 100 years ago or 200 years ago, you would be burned at the stake for <laughs> communicating with somebody on this magic <laughs> device, right? And you're talking to them and you could fly and you're telling people I can fly, I can go the speed of light and I can, you know what I mean? I can create fire like this. And you, you, you say all these crazy things. They're like, Tim is crazy. <laughs> like, like, I don't know what, what train that kid fell off of, but he's nuts. But now it's science that we understand. And so in a way, you're a magician because what you've done is you've taken you've taken that so-called magic and made it available, accessible to everybody. Just like accessing, I can talk to almost anybody in the world. I can go and I can get, I can look at a street camera in London and see it's crazy, like it's totally nuts, it right? Is. But then you look at that with real estate and you say, what what will real estate look like in ten years, in twenty years, right? And when you look and say. Like, say, a Matterport right now, we can put on VR goggles, and I'm in the house, and it's amazing. Yep. It, what I mean, we've had that for several years. Where, where are we going to be in five years, in 10 years, when AI can build on itself and learn how to build that experience better for us, right?
0: It's going to be pretty crazy. It is, and, you know, that just makes you really start thinking about what, what could be. And uh, it could go all kinds of different ways. It
1: makes you want to get rid of every Alexa app and phone <laughs> app that you have, you know?
0: Yeah, it, it's it, it it is crazy, and you know the technology as quickly as it's moving. It seems to me, it seems to me, it wasn't that long ago that um, the the technology of the day was caller ID. <laughs> i remember my first caller
1: id box it was a box that you got mm-hmm. and you plugged your phone line into mm-hmm. it yeah mm-hmm. it, my dad when i was uh it was, was this had to be in the late 80s maybe um he worked uh, for the state and the penitentiary and he told me about this new, so they built this new penitentiary in canyon city right and he was telling me about it like you know they have all this the, the, you know, these bulletproof glasses and you got to go through these different layers and you know, it's all these safety features. And then he starts to tell me about this phone system that they installed. And he's like, it's totally crazy. He's like, if somebody calls you, it tells you who's calling you. And I was <laughs> like, no way. And he's like, oh, it's total. And, and then as I started, I said, so anybody could call you? He's like, well, no, it's only anybody within the prisons calling you. You could, Cause this is before the actual caller ID. So if, if, extension six was calling you well extension six is tied to bill so (laughs) you see oh bill's calling me oh great but i was still like oh man that's that's freaking crazy because you know
0: i know it was uh it was technology at its finest
1: it used to be you know even call waiting was a big deal because you'd call somebody you'd get a busy signal right
0: well when i was real young we had party lines we lived in guam oh yeah and we had party lines and uh you know as kids we you could, you could hear when somebody was dialing out because there's a little, like, ring in your phone. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't a full-out ring. You just hear the, like, ding, And so you'd pick it up real quietly. Like, you kids, get out of there. <laughs>
1: yeah, so that's uh, – now you look at that and say, okay, well, 15 years ago, 15 years ago, where were we, Right we were beyond dial up so we got the high speed which high speed was not very high speed it was very slow speed right, but right. it was beyond dial up so if you remember AOL you know you've got mail still have an AOL yeah right. <laughs> i can always tell the age of my clients based off their <laughs> if they got a if they got a if they got an AOL a yahoo or a gmail you are just kind of like that so like the, the that's like the progression of the yep. <laughs> of the email <laughs> you're right. right you're right so it's a uh, it, it is interesting to think where are we going to be in you know in 10 years or 15 years um and what you know what new technologies i mean the other part of that that's kind of crazy to me is you look like in the 60s and we we put somebody on the moon in the 60s and then we didn't go back to the moon for a really really long time when space travel really dropped and at the time in the 60s i imagine between look at the cars you had in the 60s compared to the cars you had in the 40s the vehicles Mm -hmm. right you had a 67 fastback mustang was considerably better than a 1940 chrysler right so you look at that and, you know, and then you look at you're putting people on the moon um they you know telephones and you got you know they're experimenting with laser weapons and in, in vietnam and you got to think the technology excitement that had to be happening then and then like then we get into the '80s and we have the 1984 Mustang that was basically a crappy corolla. <laughs> biggest, get, biggest turd. <laughs> it basically we went backwards in, in technology, it felt like. I mean, we, got, we ended up with cable TV and you know, most of the time the channels worked, but it just feels like we stagnated. So it makes me wonder right now, are we on the verge of amazing stuff? or are we on the verge of, of almost a, almost a stagnation, you know? Uh, I think we're on the verge of amazing stuff, but I hope we don't I hope we don't get another 84 West thing.
0: Yeah, m- me too. And you know, uh, I think a lot of it does depend on how how um AI goes, how yeah. the future of any any true sales go um, you know, car sales, home sales. And you're right, people still want that that personal touch. Mm-hmm. They they want somebody to be able to bounce questions, ideas off of. um, They still need somebody to negotiate for them.
1: Well, look at like Carvana, right? Um, Where it's like a a, almost a personless car purchase and they'll deliver it to you. It is personless. Yeah. Uh, But aren't they having a harder time than a traditional dealership right now?
0: You know, I think that... um, from what I've heard and, and Carvana has only been around for a few years Mm -hmm. and they, they came about after I pretty much after I got out of the business, but I've heard that they're doing quite well for some people. There are Hmm. those people that absolutely hate sales Yeah, and they don't want to ever feel like like I want this car
1: in this color. I found it. They'll ship it to me. That's right.
0: And they already have a certainty of what it is they want. Um, with most of these these cars that they're selling, there's not a lot of risk. Yeah. Um, but what they don't get is to go in and touch it and feel it and, like you said, get somebody else's opinion of yeah. what,
1: what... Like, hey, I've been selling Toyotas for nine years. This new model does this, does it. I guess you could research all that on the Internet.
0: But You could. You could. But to to actually touch and feel... Mm-hmm. And well,
1: it will compare that to the iBuyer... Platform in real estate, um, which I think has all but collapsed for the most part. Um, that massive buying, flipping, selling will buy your house before you leave. That fit a very big need in real estate, but I feel like it's—I shouldn't say I feel like—I know that a lot of them have shut down. Um, a lot of them have overpromised and underdelivered, um, and just that actual human. Being there is a
0: very big deal. Absolutely, you know, um, and you're right. A lot of them have gone to the wayside. Um, we saw it with Zillow. You know, they uh, they were buying like crazy, and they yeah. were they were buying them for more than we could yeah. sell them for. Yeah, and They'll get rid of your
1: agent. We'll pay you five percent more. So you
0: know? you know, there for a very short while. Yeah, probably what eight months or so. That 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 was really. A problem, mm-hmm. um, but then they were their own demise.
1: Well, yeah, but when you look at that though, the other part of that is that is interesting. Is uh, as a real estate agent, um, first off, you're not playing with a hundred billion dollars. Uh, you know, in, in in test marketing stuff like it, you you know your market and you're working really hard, but you don't know is this going to be like. Is this the Uber that takes out taxicabs, right? is like what am I looking at here? Do I need to jump on this, or is this something that's going to die? You don't know, so you're like you're like, man, you're just swinging, yeah, you know,
0: I hope this works, sure, sure, and you know they that's actually a very successful company, I mean and you're right, you know what they did they they ended up spending a lot of money that came out of somebody's pocket, yeah, but um but then they rebounded. And with in different markets, you know, selling leads has always been their, Mm -hmm. their big thing. And even when that went away, I mean, they, they still produce in a market that a lot of other companies cannot. Yeah. So I think
1: the client experience, uh, as far as web goes, the client experience on Zillow is very good.
0: You're right. I mean, I think even us as realtors, you know, we, I look at Zillow all the time Mm -hmm. for different locations, um you know for my it's a fantastic tool 50 million dollar homes out in California yeah. that are going to own something <laughs> <laughs> but at the,
1: but at the same time you don't you know what i think a lot of agents need to remember is you don't need to feed the monster but you can you can feed on the monster meaning you can take that data use it for all the good you want but it doesn't mean that you have to pay the money it doesn't mean you have to be paying their lead it doesn't mean you have to be doing all that right
0: you're right, you're absolutely right. um I haven't paid for <clears throat> for leads for a long time, and actually that's not true. I recently dipped a little bit into um uh, Facebook marketing. how'd that go for you? Not good at all
1: oh really mm. so it used to be it used to be good. I've heard that over this last few years it has been um very challenging
0: yeah, um, it's become more
1: expensive as well
0: it has and uh facebook it's not cheap and um
1: Zuckerberg's buying half of Hawaii for himself, so he needs that money, Dan. he yeah. yeah. More power to him. He's, he's got to buy that native land so he can, you know, raise his two kids, I guess. I don't know.
0: I don't know. You know, it's, uh, I guess we all have different goals. Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: he's not well-loved down there, I've heard. No? No, just because he's gobbling up a lot of the... A lot of stuff that he shouldn't be gobbling up and then leaving it you know, you can't come visit this land. This is my
0: land. Oh really? Yeah, so I that. Yeah. Well that's too bad. You know, you you would hope that he would spend spends his money for the good of humanity.
1: Um, I mean silly things like let's desalinize the water and pump it into the middle of Africa or something. give those people water or you know you what know They're like let's not let let's let's not fund wars like yeah you got you got billions of dollars you can do some cool stuff you yeah, know yeah. let's Absolutely. get wild and actually have Absolutely. real free speech you know why not
0: you
1: yeah. yeah. could do some good stuff let me ask you a quick question that uh we got slightly off topic there but i enjoy talking to you dan so i enjoy you you going along with me on that um one quick question here is what do you not do in real estate right now that you know you should be doing if you had to pick one Cause there should, there's probably five or six that most people could think of, but what is like the big one? Like, like
0: I really should be doing this. It's funny you ask that because we were just talking about this at work (laughs) and for me, it's getting back to the basics Mm -hmm. right now in my real estate career this year. I mean, I had a fantastic first half of the year and it's actually afforded me some time that I've never had before. Mm time to spend with uh like my sister and her her and i went and had a a long week together in in florida uh went and visited a an old navy buddy that i that i hadn't seen for 30 years um we're going on vacation two weeks actually to uh washington state but what it's what it gave me was that freedom to do that. Mm-hmm. And my business right now, this exact moment is, I mean, I'm still, I've still got stuff going on, but yeah. it's not the usual, Yeah. but that's a lot of it. It's because I haven't been doing the basics.
1: Right, so you did the basics, had success for years. You got afforded the opportunity to maybe take it a little easy because you're having some financial success, but then you realize Maybe I, maybe I need to be making those calls every day.
0: True. And um, um, when when we get back from vacation is is when it's time to get back to the basics. You know, start doing my open houses. Mm-hmm. Um, working in the car business here for 20 years, I know a lot of people in that business. And every time I walk into a dealership, it doesn't matter which one it is, I know somebody there.
1: Oh, really? <laughs>
0: Always. And so um, I get a lot of business from from the people I know in the car business. Yeah. And, um, you know, in the last couple of years, I've really slowed down in doing that.
1: Going and visiting those people mm-hmm. and seeing those people. Yep. Um,
0: I still do. On, for my favorite dealerships, I still go in there and, and say hello. and.
1: But these are these aren't the true <clears throat> basics that you're talking about. It's not, um, you know, I'm the superstar basketball player, so I don't have to practice my dribbles. Right, you, you, need, you need to be doing the dribbles
0: absolutely you need to be doing them every day um, something that's going to be beneficial to business
1: so I got two last questions number one um, if you were a loan officer for a week what would you do different Like, what, where's a pain point that you see in lending what would you do different than what, the, what most loan officers what you see most LOs doing
0: you know, it's funny for me through the years with with loan officers. I think I'm kind of um, hard on loan officers because yeah. my expectations are very high, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and the biggest expectation that's unmet for me mm-hmm. is communication. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the biggest failure for not just LOs, but for Realtors, for anybody who is in customer service or yeah. sales, is the lack of communication. Um, that's one thing that for myself, if, if I was asked, what do I do better than most, mm-hmm. it'd be communication.
1: So an LO needs to communicate better. Are you saying with you as the realtor or with the client or just in general, that, that overall communication of, of what's going on?
0: I think the overall communication of what's going on in a in a timely manner, and, hmm. and again,' I'm a, I'm a little bit um,
1: You think you're hard on Los, but you're not. <laughs> We've done business together before're you're, you're actually You're actually quite pleasant to work with.
0: <laughs> well, um, I think everything is is pretty clear-cut and dry when it comes to what needs to be done. But it's the, you know, it's picking up the phone and you, your company mm-hmm. does a fantastic job mm-hmm. of, of constantly I mean, getting me emails of what I never have to ask. Mm-hmm. You know? And I think that that's what's very important um, is just being aware, all parties being aware at all times of everything. What's actually what's happening.
1: So last question, Dan, is... Um, you've been doing this for a while now you have realized it can be stressful. You've worked really hard. What does Dan do to unwind? How do you, how do you relax to where you're not in
0: that constant grind of real estate? Um, I spend a lot of time with my wife and and daughter. We have a 19 year old daughter. Um, we do a lot of hiking. Mm -hmm. We hang out a lot. Um, we travel. We go on vacations as a family. Um,
1: so yeah. when I asked that question, you got a big smile. So yeah. that means you enjoy yeah. that. That's oh, good.
0: Lo- we, we love to travel. Yeah. And w- it's all in the United States. We don't do any any um, overseas traveling. Yeah. But um, we we just love experience. We love to, to hike wherever we go. Hmm. Usually it's to the ocean. Uh, Maine is one of our favorite destinations. Maine? Oh. Yeah, we've been there probably eight times. Okay,
1: over on the Atlantic side. Now, being here from Colorado, the, uh, you basically have two main areas that you go for the beach. Obviously, California or West Coast, right, Pacific, and then maybe Florida. I don't hear a lot of people going to Maine to it, go to be the You'd be
0: surprised. There's a, there's a beach there called Old Orchard Beach, hmm. and it's actually where uh, uh, JFK's parents met, Oh really? Yeah. Huh. And it's just everything that a seaside town a um the on East Coast that you would imagine, you know, like when I think of East Coast um seaside towns I think of like Coney Island. Yep. But this is very much like that. that hmm. 7 miles of, of beach, sandy beach that is just beautiful. Really? Yeah.
1: Interesting. Huh. I guess that's what you figure out when you when you travel. I mean, North America is a very huge place, right? It is. It's, it's very large. You can um, you can get lost here. I talked to a guy um, from, I, I forget where he's from, somewhere in Europe, and he had moved to Texas. And they decided uh, a long weekend they were going to drive to Yellowstone. And so He told me this about a decade ago. He's like, yeah, we're going to drive to Yellowstone. We live in South Texas, right? For so sure. he said, uh, we didn't really, like, we just, we saw the map. We just just... Straight up, basically, right? We start driving. He said, after the first day, we didn't make it out of Texas. He said, we were in North Texas at the end of the day. He said, this This is crazy. He said, he's like, I could have gone through three countries in Europe, time I'm still in the same state. Granted, on one side of the other, but holy cow. Totally different world, too, you know?
0: And that's funny. You say that two years ago, we drove to Washington State. Mm-hmm. And, you know, on the map, I'm I'm seeing Montana and Idaho and, and Eastern Washington and, you know, mm-hmm. looking it up and seeing all these cool places. And then once you start driving mm-hmm. for eight hours, yeah, it's no fun. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I told my wife then, I said, we're never going to do this again. I said, if we do road trips, it's going to be in Colorado. Yeah. And anything outside of Colorado, unless it's, you know, like Yellowstone. Yeah then uh then we're flying we're hitting the airplane yeah so we're gonna go back to washington state because when we were there two years ago we felt like we didn't even get to see anything because we spent six days on the road oh yeah dri- uh-huh. driving yeah
1: so. so now you're gonna fly there you'd be there in three hours and then be able to yep. yeah yeah well awesome well dan thank you very much for being on the episode i think we got a lot of a lot of kind of insights of what you do what you um, what you you know think other people should be doing you know the back to the basics and actually working every day as mind-boggling as that sounds um, you know it, it does it does take a lot of work to be in real estate So thanks a lot for being here man well, thank you very appreciate much. appreciate it all right we'll talk to you soon All right. That wraps up another episode of agent Success podcast remember, You can find new episodes each week at agentsuccesspodcast.com. We hope you found the insights and best practices shared today truly valuable. And if you did, please subscribe, rate, and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Remember, your success is a journey of learning and improvement. So let's keep hustling, thriving, and learning. Until next week, this is Tim Chase.